This podcast is brought to you by Voice and Vision, bringing help, hope, and healing to individuals, families, and communities affected by mental illness, addictions, and disabilities in southeastern Pennsylvania. Financial support for this podcast is provided by a Veterans Trust Fund grant from the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. Welcome to Untold Valor, a podcast with a unique focus on veterans, featuring stories of courage, recovery, perseverance, and strength. Listen to hear veterans share their perspectives on what it's like to battle mental health challenges, combat addictions, and overcome other adversities unique to those who have served. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is Untold Valor, where we share stories from veterans and uh, highlight ways to hopefully help other veterans find resources that could help them as well through their journey. And uh, this time on the show, we've got John S. Berry Jr., who's going to be joining us and talking a little bit about his own military experience as well as a family member. Uh, John served in the Army, the U.S. Army. He was uh, in Airborne School and Ranger School. So we're really excited to have him here to talk about it. He's also an attorney as well. So we're going to maybe have John back for another episode to talk about some other legal aspects. But for now, let's focus on John and his story. John, how are you? Great, great. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for being here. Reverend Ben's here as always. How, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. How you doing there? Uh, glad to have you on today. Yep, absolutely. Thank well, thanks so much, Mark and Ben. I'm honored to be on this program. Yes, sir. Well, we try to help as much as we can. We've off to our, this is our second uh, season we're launching here. So thank you for being with us. Let's jump right in and just tell us a little bit about you, your background, your military service, and, uh, and the things you want to talk about today. Sure. So my family has a long history of military service. My father is a Vietnam veteran. Both of my brothers either served in Iraq or Afghanistan. I served in Bosnia and then in Iraq. And, uh, you know, for us, it's always been a part of our family. For me, it didn't become real until I was playing football at the College of William & Mary. Uh, Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott were on my team, both NFL coaches now. They obviously made the better career choice. But uh, (laughs) I had an injury, and I was going to have to sit out an entire year before I could have physical contact again. And I realized that just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wanted my next challenge. I I was watching this documentary, I guess you would call it back then, on uh, Airborne Rangers. And I thought, wow, I spent the last 18 years trying to gain weight, get as big as possible. Imagine, you know, being starved and sleep deprived and and running these missions and being with America's best. So that's what I wanted to do. I decided that I would become an infantry officer and I got to go to Airborne School and Ranger School. And uh, my first duty station was Fort Hood, and I deployed to Bosnia in 1999, right when we started bombing Kosovo, and thought, this is it. Like, this is the big one. And then we got there, and it was a peacekeeping mission. Things flared up from time to time, but it was nothing uh, like I thought it was going to be. So hmm. I got out, went to law school, and when I went to law school, they said, you know, uh, you're eligible for tuition assistance if you stay in the Nebraska National Guard, or got, go into the Guard. So I got into the Guard, and... I got a company command and I was practicing law for about a year and I was stressed out. I mean, I was, you know, as you can imagine, a new lawyer. I was a company commander in the guard and I just was, you know, working 78 hours a week. And I told I had been in command for three years and I told my battalion commander, I said, I I really appreciate this, but my commitment is up and I I can't do both. And he said, well, don't worry. You don't have to do both. You're getting orders to go to, and you're taking your company to Iraq. So <laughs> I became a company commander in Iraq and, uh, and it was a great experience. 
I came back and then I started uh, getting involved in the officer candidate training program. And I finished my career after 20 years as a battalion commander running the officer and warrant officer candidate school. So it was a great career, you know, a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be thankful for. Um, one of the more you know difficult parts of it has been that throughout this, I've had you know, three soldiers that, that I know of commit suicide. Oh, and geez. so it's been you know, one of those uh, kind of bittersweet memories, right? Where you you do it for the guy to your right and your left, and then uh, it's over. And I think that's been the toughest part of it, right? It's there's no more mission, there's no more team, and so for a lot of veterans coming back to this, uh, it's it's tough. And I still get calls. I got a call from one of my former uh, squad leaders from when I was a young infantry platoon leader. He went on to uh, become a platoon sergeant in Iraq, a company. Or a, I'm sorry, a first sergeant in Afghanistan. Four bronze stars, two purple hearts, and uh, you know he had a uh, he had a pretty bad TBI, but he went out and he uh, bought a CrossFit business, made some money, sold it, uh, bought uh, created a logistics business and sold it, and now he's going to get some special treatment for his for his brain injury mm. uh, because things are getting worse. And so you know, there's a lot. I think we we get so much. The army gives us so much, but it but it takes a lot too. And you know, I think that's been my that's been my lesson, right? Is that uh, I've gotten so much more than I've ever put in, and I've got to be with America's heroes, and I've got to really uh, experience life. Uh, on the other hand, really experiencing life in a very visceral way, I, I think, has its effect on all of us. Yeah. Wow. That is. An amazing story, amazing career from top to bottom there. Ben, uh, want to chime in here? With, uh, that blew yes, me I, away. I'm listening to you, uh, John, and I'm reflecting back into my, my, my endeavors in the military. Listen, I love the military, but at the same time, I tolerated some of the situations that I was in. Just like you said, that one minute you're doing one thing, and next minute you're shipped off to Iraq. And I had to deal with that kind of thing because we used to be on air load a lot. You know what air load is. Where you you know you don't know when you're going. They call you to the airfield and they send you back home. If that ain't torture, I don't know what it is. But yeah. you know what? The experience made a man out of me. Yes, it did. I I must say that the military made a man out of me and taught me independence and also with the brotherhood of men. Because when I was in, we was a brotherhood. And like you said, when we get out, sometimes we're displaced because that brotherhood thing is not in the streets. But in the military, we all we all bled green. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's it's interesting. People talk about a lot, you know, in the civilian world, we come back and they talk about diversity and all the challenges. And, you know, when, when we went through, hey, when you get into a shower stall with 16 other guys, four <laughs> bars of soap, and the drill sergeant gives you three minutes to take a shower, you know, those barriers come down and you just accept people for who they are. But of course, you know, the low performers, the thing I really liked about the military, and it's really made me, I think, successful in the civilian world is, you know, it didn't matter uh, where you came from, your skin color. If you were a high performer, you were a high performer, but if you were a dirt bag, you were a dirt bag, and that's what separated people. You know, the high yes. was, you know, you got to trust that person to have your back, and if you can't trust them, then 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 they're they're worthless to you, and it doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. But if you've got that buddy who's got your back, and you're depending on them to complete the mission, once again, it doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, where they're born, rich, poor, if they are, you know, that steely-eyed, barrel-chested, loyal killer that you want by your side. There's nobody better. And so, 
you know, that's the great gift of the military is it tears down a lot of barriers because it puts us in a situation where we have to trust each other. And I think once we trust each other and we get to know each other, you know, the, the relationships become so tight and it's, you know, I can go, you know, not talk to somebody for 10 years, run into them. And it's, it's like yesterday. And, you know, we can say the most insulting things. We can tell the most gruesome stories and it's funny. And, and there's just that connection that I just don't think you get anywhere else in the world. Yeah. That's yeah, very true. Very amazing. And I'll tell you something that jumped out at me, John, as I was listening to you kind of go through your story and, and Ben as well. But you talked about some of the, uh, unfortunately, some of the, the gentlemen that passed and the delayedness, I think it kind of hit me in, in that piece is often it, you said it takes things away from you that you, you don't, it gives you so much, but it also takes things away, right? And so later on in life, maybe that starts to kind of show up, and we don't really realize that until later. And often that's where PTSD sets in for many veterans, and that's one of the things we talk about a lot here on the podcast is trying to get resources and help to those who might need it, either through just identifying it through someone else's story or how to you know just reach out and get some help. But it can be kind of a delayed thing for many guys and gals. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, it's been interesting in, in working with a lot of veterans. And, and of course, even people from my company or my battalion, you know, some of the soldiers that come back and they contact me, either because you know, I'm a lawyer now or because I was that authority figure back then. And, you know, some of the symptoms that they're dealing with now never manifested in service. When the team was there and the mission was there, they could they could get along okay. But it's it's once that support is gone that they, that they really start to suffer. And, you know, I found, too, that, you know, I am hyper vigilant now, but I, I see it as a gift. You know, it was I think it was the Intel CEO, uh, Andy Grove, who said only the paranoid survive. Mm. And I think it's made me better at my job because I first of all, I'm grateful every day that I'm alive. Right. But second, I am, you know, I still live in a very paranoid world where I still have those dreams, you know, where it's like I'm in a we're in a patrol base and we're trying to dig in before the enemy gets there, right? Or you wake up and your and your weapon doesn't fire because you didn't clean mm. it. And so it puts me in this situation where I'm like, I got to do everything I can do today. And it, it, it's kind of like, you know, feeling like you wake up broke every day, right? Like every day I got to earn it. And every day, you know, just like in the military, like you, you want safety, you go earn it. You dig that uh, that foxhole or the you know the eighteen inch fighting position. You know you earn it by cleaning your weapon. You earn it by doing PT. That's how you earn your best chance to survive and your best chance to lead others. And I think that you know in the military we had that. And I think the thing that really you know still bothers most of us certainly bothers me. The people who did it the best didn't necessarily mean they made it out alive. And that's always been troubling to me. Is that. Mm. You know, we have some of the some of the studs that we knew, right? That these guys were just amazing. And then to see that, you know, the one person that you thought was bulletproof, right, is the person that wasn't. And I, you know, that's always, you know, whether you know, even even an injury or even someone, you know, having a breathing issues from from burn pits over there to see you know to see your your those people you admire the, the the heroes of the organization and to see them suffering right is really it really takes its toll on you because you think how did how did this happen this 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 man or this woman was larger than life yeah and and you know and now you see them suffering and it's it, and it's and it's difficult whether it's drug and alcohol related PTSD or you know a physical disability from uh, military service it's just really tough to sometimes to wrap your mind around it because you think that that but that guy's invincible that that couldn't have happened and and to really accept it 
uh, is, 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 is difficult. And, and then you think, well, you know, it's so selfish of me to think of it that way because they're the ones that are suffering. And then of course you talk to them sometimes and it's, it's like, it's nothing at all to them. Right. It's like, they're, they're the same person. And it's just, you know, it's dealing, I think with that and understanding that, that here I am, you know, almost, you know, a couple decades later and, and looking back at this and, uh, and, and, and thinking about, everybody who helped me, you know, and, and did I help them enough? And have I done enough? And I think that's a feeling that a lot of veterans get. I wouldn't call it guilt, but it's this gratitude that kind of has a little bit of teeth in it that says, you know, I'm so grateful for all the great men and women I served with. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful that I got to serve, you know, and yet I wonder, did did I do enough? Mm, right. And yeah. I think that that creeps into our minds quite a bit. John, I can truly relate to that as a, a corpsman with the Marines who, um, you know, could not help everybody. So I can truly identify with that um, that guilt. And also, I thought I was the only one who had that dream about the misfiring weapon or the jammed M16. Good. Well, that's I, that's that's good to know. The other dream is is I have is that you know we're we're trying to we're ruck marching somewhere and I'm trying to we're trying to move and run, but like we're we're in a, we're in the swamps of Florida, right? And we can't yes, yes. we're stuck. And the enemy's <laughs> coming, and it's you know, and yeah. it's coming, and we can't. And we're stuck, and we're pinned down, and you know, you still like you want to be able to run, but you can't. And so, yeah, I mean, those are all you know those those memories, those those dreams, but. Those were the helpful things because there were those days when we didn't want to march. Those were there were the days when we didn't want to dig in, when we didn't want to clean our weapons. And uh, I think that in life, every day is like that, where we have challenges and there are things we don't want to do, but we know for to, to for us to survive, to be to take care of ourselves or to take care of our families, we still have to do the things that we don't want to do. We still have to do the hard things, even though we're veterans, even though there's no drill sergeant, no first sergeant, no platoon sergeant. It's still there's still that voice in our head pushing us, and I think that I think that's a good thing. As much as it, I know, drives me crazy sometimes, and and you know, it, it, I I want to get the voice out of my head and go to sleep. Uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. But because it is, it's it's the ghosts, right? It's the it's the ghosts and the magic words, as MacArthur said. It's it's hearing, it's hearing the the voices and knowing that we still have a purpose. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. that's powerful stuff. And I think that's maybe John. That's where a lot of veterans struggle after the fact, right? One of the reasons we do this podcast and Voice and Vision offer the resources they do is, uh, and all the different places that offer resources is to help when those guys are still stuck. Right. If they're feeling stuck a- after their military service and in regular life and there's just how to how to continue to move forward. And that's where and, and maybe that's going to be from some legal aspect as well. And we'd like to have you back on to talk about that aspect of things as well. Uh, but that's that's what a lot of guys struggle with is just being feeling stuck. Yeah. And, and the question is how to get unstuck. And, you know, it, it's difficult for me to to deal with some of the veterans. And I'll, I'll give you a, a great story. So my friend that I, I told you I was just talking to you about. I went to go visit him. I don't want to give away, you know, any, any information, but let's just say it's known for developing infantry soldiers. And I went down there and visited him when he was running his uh, CrossFit uh, facility. And he and uh, I showed up and, uh, you know, he had some injuries. He uh, has service connected for several through the VA and there, and there were other veterans there as well. And some of them were, you know, had lost limbs. Some of them were in wheelchairs and he, and, you know, I, I showed up at the gym and we had a couple beers and I said, okay, you know, are you doing all these things? He said, I can't run anymore. I can't do this, but I can do a few things. He's like, but you got to be here at five. You got to see these guys. So I show up at five and his team was mostly disabled veterans. 
And we showed up. And I mean, there were guys, uh, once again, amputees, uh, veterans in wheelchairs. And these guys are working out. And, and he's kind of like, you know, what's your excuse, right? Like, <laughs> like if these guys are here, and, and sure enough, there's this captain uh, who had a, who had a TBI, who was one of the uh, coaches. And, and my friend came over and started yelling at the captain because the captain wasn't yelling at me for getting low enough on this exercise where you throw these medicine balls like 10 feet in the wall and then catch them and squat down. And, you know, it was, uh, but it was so inspiring to see that, yeah, I think that one way to get unstuck is just to go out and do, and you know, do something physical, but it goes deeper than that. Right. I think that the other way is just to help people. Yeah. I have a, a good friend, uh, Scott Robinson of uh, Camp Cowboy, right outside of Fort Hood, Texas. And, you know, they do equine therapy. He's got a big ranch out there and they, you know, they bring in horses and, they, but it's, they teach soldiers how to cowboy. So they teach them a new skill, but it's, it's, it's either doing something or helping somebody. And I think that's where we get lonely is when there's no purpose, nobody to help. But I found that there's, there's no shortage of people in the world that need our help. And, uh, you know, you still, even though you get the DD-214, uh, you're still probably stuck with that oath. So go out and help your community. I think that's the way you get unstuck. When you start thinking about yourself and your own problems, that's when you're you're stuck in your own head. But even that black box on your shoulders, right? It's just your your brain. You can't you can't get out of it. But I think you get out of it by helping other people and interacting with other people. And and most people need us more than you know than we know. And uh, I, I think that when given the opportunity. I, I always want to be someone who will volunteer to to help somebody else or to do something that will get other people involved. But I think the real way to get unstuck is through interaction with other veterans, serving the community, or starting a business. But just do something because I think where it gets the worst is when you're doing nothing. Yeah. And then yeah. those thoughts get in your head, you know, and it's and it's hard to sometimes stop. You know, and, and and the only way you can really stop is start doing something physical. I mean, it's just like, look, hey, go out and you know whether if you can run, go out and run five miles. Pretty soon, all you're thinking about is is the running, right? And I think you you learn that in the military. You know, go ahead and do something so that sucks so bad that that's all you can think about. That that's sometimes how you get unstuck, and that's how you you, you get stronger. And so I, I think that getting stuck is a real problem. And look, it's so easy to become numb with alcohol or drugs, you know, or, or other things. It's, it's so easy, right? Even Netflix, right? I mean, it's so easy to just do nothing, but that's where a lot of the pain comes in is in doing nothing. It kind of opens up, it opens you up for, you become vulnerable when you're doing nothing. It's like laying out in front of the fob, you know, with no security, right? It's like, you, you're not, you, you've set yourself up to be attacked. You're now a soft target. And so I think it's all about interacting with your community, interacting with other veterans and just doing something. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, John, I, I hear you, man. And uh, it's almost as if it's harder. It's harder to stop doing nothing than it is to stop doing something. Uh, well put, Ben. Yeah. Well put. Well, uh, great stuff. I mean, thank you so much for being here, John, and, and hanging out with us. I know we'll be respectful of your time uh, and uh, as well, but thank you so much for being on here. Often we try to close out the podcast by just asking our guests if they have, you know, kind of any kind of a motivational or inspirational thing they'd like to share with other veterans going through something. But, boy, you hit a couple of them already. So I'm not sure if you have anything else left to offer. But if you do, uh, what would you say to veterans that need some help? Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. You know, my dad says, my dad being a – Vietnam veteran. He waited too long to get his help for, for Agent Orange and for his PTSD. And he, he, he waited until, you know, I think he realized that other people suffered because he waited to get his help from the VA for, you know, benefits that he had earned. So I would say, you know, apply to, to motivate you, 
apply for your benefits. Uh, maybe many veterans have told me, hey, once I started getting the disability benefits and getting my health taken care of, I could start to do other things. So it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like yeah. once you're your food and shelter and your family's taken care of, then you can do other things. And one veteran who started a very successful business told me, look, John, without these VA benefits, I don't know that I'd have the guts, but I know I'm taken care of, health taken care of. I've got some money. If this business fails, I know I'm taken care of. And so I, you know, that that's always been inspiring to me to know that our country has honored its promise to our veterans. Maybe not as well as we would like, but that for, for many veterans who are getting their benefits, uh, I can see a definite difference. But if I had to say one thing, you know, is that I tell my team every day at Barry Law is go out and be a hero to someone today. We get to choose who we are heroes to. And so go out, choose that person and, and be a hero to them and your problems will will go away. Thanks for being here so much. We certainly appreciate your time here on Untold Valor. John S. Barry Jr. uh, fights for veterans in the courtroom and beyond, and we certainly appreciate having him here and hopefully have him back to talk a little bit on the legal side of things as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. Find tools and resources in the show notes, and at the end of the podcast, we'll have some information pop up. Thank you so much, John, for being here. Thank you, gentlemen. And we'll see you next time here. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Ben. And we'll Thank see you next time here on Untold Valor. Alrighty. You've been listening to Untold Valor by Voice and Vision. We hope you found the information and resources discussed today helpful. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. Remember to stay connected with us through our various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit the website, voiceandvisioninc.org. That's voiceandvisioninc.org, where you can sign up for our blog and find free resources and information on upcoming events, webinars, workshops, and get support. You can also access our free help and hope guide for individuals and families struggling with substance use and addiction. If someone you know is struggling, please reach out for help because you and your life matter. Remember, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available to you at any time by dialing 988. We are all ambassadors of hope and recovery. And if you want to share your story, please contact us. Copier Corps is also looking for veteran mentor volunteers and veteran participants. To find out more information about Compure Corps, please call 610-541-0790. That's 610-541-0790. You can find all the links and contact information for the resources mentioned on today's episode by checking the description and the show notes section of your app. Thank you again for tuning in and for your support. Until next time, this has been Untold Valor.